Good morning, everybody. It's Family Sunday, which means all the kids are here in the house. If you hear kids squawking, it's okay. We like kids. Kids are allowed to squawk. That's what kids do. Um, sometimes some of our families on, on Family Sunday are like, man, if I bring my kids to Family Sunday, they're going to burn the church down. So um, those of you who are watching online, we love you and your kids, so it's okay. You can come. Um, I mean, sometimes I come up on Sunday morning. So every Sunday I preach three times. I preach 8.30 at Carriage Town Homeless Shelter. Uh, 10 o'clock we're here at Twin City together. And you'll see me around 11.30. I've got to race out of here because I, I get to East Side by noon and preach at the East Side campus we have. By the time East Side's done, if you're ever there and are around me, you'll see I'm limping out of, of, of service. Like physically, like, like people ask me, are you okay? Or you, you, blow, you, blow, you twist your ankle on stage, what happened? And I, I don't know what it is. Sometimes it's just the, the burden or the weight of proclaiming God's word. And like it's a weight that literally bears my body down. As I stand before you this morning, I almost feel like I wish I had a cane to lean on. We live in Foot, Michigan. And I know it's hard all over. I know, I know it's hard all over. I know whether you're in Fenton or Clarkston or L.A., you know, wherever you live, it's hard to be a person. There's loss, there's suffering everywhere in the world. I'm going to India probably in April. I'm nervous about it. It's a long trip. It's a hard trip. It's a hot trip. It's like 110 degrees there every day and humid. There's no dry Arizona heat over there. India has struggles, man. You go over there and you see things you never thought you'd ever see. But here in Flint, we do have unique trouble. We live in a city that America moved on from. We were once the center of American capitalism. We made cars and everyone wanted cars. And that ended we have in our city just gigantic empty parking lots where used to be factories where my uncles and my grandfather worked and out of high school could work in a factory and support a middle-class family. That's all gone. Pensions, gone. A, a job out of high school pay, supporting a family, gone. The world moves on and Flint becomes an afterthought and our city is a city over 50% of our people live under the poverty line. Addiction runs rampant through our streets. Beginning at 2.30 this morning, my phone has been ringing off the hook with people hopeless, uh, despairing, a guy told me today, living in Flint's like living in hell. Forgive the language, kids. It's a curse word. Don't say that. <laughs> and we live here. Some of us, we live here. We know what it's like, man. Our, our schools are hard on kids. When it snows, if you, if you drive Oakland County to Flint, 
you feel when you leave Oakland County. Like, there's, like the streets is like, oh, man, plows. Oh, no plows. Like, you get to our part of the world, and the money stops. And so I wonder, as, a, as someone who's a pastor, a preacher, what do we have to give to people? Because you're not preachers, you're not pastors. But you are people. Because you love Christ, you love your neighbor. There's people you love in the world. People you, you love that are suffering. People, your neighbors, family members, friends, who are going through real things. And what hope do you have to give them? Where do you point them? The people will ask, what, what would you do? What do I do? They come to us and they lay their pain at our feet. What do we tell them? It's a tough question. A lot of times, we want to have the answers. Oh, I know a guy. We want to put the cape on and save them ourselves, but we can't save nobody. We can't. When we read the Bible and we read a story about Jesus healing a blind man, we must never forget we're in the story, we're not Jesus. We're the blind man. We're not the hero of the story. We're not the savior of the world. We're the blind man who's begging to be given sight. We're the woman caught in adultery. We're the legalists with rocks in our hands killing someone for doing the very things we have done ourselves. That's who we are in the story. So people, real people whom we really love come to us with real hurt. Where do we point them? What do we say? Because it cannot be a bumper sticker answer. We all have these cliches, right? And the cliches often point to real truths. But I need more than clever words. I need something real. Here at Flint City Church, one of our, our mission is we're for Jesus, for Flint, for the kingdom. One of our values as a church is we believe in the centrality and the authority of the scriptures. It's why every Sunday I'm holding this thing in my hand. It's why we as a church give half of our worship time to opening the Word of God, reading it out loud, and preaching it. Because we believe there are answers in God's Word, and these answers are bigger and stronger than any preacher, any church. Because preachers fall, and preachers die, and churches wreck people's lives. Bigger than all of them, there is the Christ and His Word He left for us. We're people of the book. Starting tomorrow, we as a community, as a church, are going to take a journey. We as a people don't know the story very well. Like this thing called the Bible, for most of us, we don't have one. If we do, it's a decoration. We don't open this thing. We don't read this thing. We don't know this thing. And it's scary, you know what I'm saying? It's really big. There's a lot of words. There's no pictures. It's a hard thing to read. I understand. So this year as a church, we are going together to read the entire Old Testament. Something many of us have never done in our lives. We've never read this book before. We're reading the first half of it together. 
And before we open its pages, begin this journey, why? Why take a year to read a book? Why give up my TV time? Why give up my gym time? Why give up, why make a sacrifice to engage his word in a daily way? Why would I do that? I want to tell you why the Bible is where we point people. It's why we read from its pages every week. The Bible's a book unlike any other. Um, We'll start very simply. The Bible is inspired by God. 2 Timothy, I go 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. Do, 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 do. I usually put little stickers in, but I didn't, so I've got to find it. But it's right here. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So everything in the Bible is God-breathed, is inspired. So in a real way, okay, um, we've all read books, right? We've read books. Some of us have books we like. Some of us read, some of us don't. I'm a reader. I like reading books. I've read a lot of books in my life. I've read the Europeans. When I was in college, I printed off a a list of the top 100 books in American literature, and I made my way and read like 30 of the 100, which is pretty impressive. Um, if you ask me, you know, I haven't read it. I read a bunch of these, but I wanted to read good literature. I've read the Russians. I've read the French. I've read the Brits. They think they're the best. I don't know why. But uh, I've read a lot of books. And some of these books I've read have moved me. I've read books that have un... I've read books and cried like a baby, dude. I've read books and thrown books across the room in anger. It's a good book right there. That was Ernest Hemingway. Farewell to arm. Farewell to this book. No, uh, but um, that that ending was brutal. But we read good books. Some books move us. They're like, oh, man, it was a great story. The Bible's different than any book you've ever read because every book has an author. Farewell to arm written by Hemingway. Um, Lord of the Rings written by Tolkien. Stuff like that. If I read the Gospel of Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew? Matthew, he has his name on it. Like, the Gospel of Matthew written by Matthew. We know he's a disciple of Jesus. We know he was a tax collector, so he was unliked by a lot of his, his peers. We know who this guy was. We can read in the story when he meets Jesus, when he gives the money he stole back. Beautiful stuff. But the Bible, unlike any other holy book, is not just one book. It's a collection of books. There are 66 books in this big book. It's like buying like a massive tomb of like tome, right? Tome. Imagine you buy like a big old tome of like the Harry Potter stories. All seven in one cover. I think it would be huge. Boom. Like, but it's seven books in one binding. This is 66 books in one binding. All kinds of people wrote these books. The thing is, like a lot of the books, like a lot of the holy books, like the books by Confucius, that's one guy's teachings recorded and bound together. The Bible is a collection of many people's writings. 
But even though Matthew wrote Matthew and Luke wrote Acts and John Revelation, even though there's different authors writing, there's an author beyond the human author, and that's God himself. When the Bible says, when, we, when the Scripture says that all Scripture is breathed out by God, it means that even though Matthew was writing, God was moving through Matthew to write those things. Which is why, even though we have 66 authors, over like 3,000 years, some crazy number like that, there's one story being told. Even though this guy didn't know that guy, even though this king didn't know this fisherman, they're part of the same story, and God is telling his story through real people. They record their words on paper, and we still got them. The Bible is inspired by God. We're not going to trust it, which means it's authoritative, which means it's not going to fail me. For us, the Bible is inspired by God. It gives us to, put, to plant our feet on and go, man, everything else may change, but the word has been written. I have a place I can start. It's true. The Bible is inspired by God. Two, as my daughter so awesomely read in Matthew 4.4, 4, when Christ was tempted by the devil, Jesus in his wisdom defeats the temptation of the devil by saying very simply, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He tells us very simply, the Bible is food for the soul. The Bible is food for the soul. Now, food is good. We like food. Um, if you go on a long hike, my wife and I will go hiking with the kids, and my wife will put in her backpack, she'll bring granola bars and little like peanut butter snack, like crackers. Because as you walk, you get hungry, and your energy starts dipping. So you get a little snacky snack, you eat it, and it's like, doo -doo -doo, you get the energy back, and you keep on going, you know what I'm saying? Food is like, it, 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 it's meant to give energy and strength. That's what calories are. It's energy. Ah! Without food, over a long period of time, you will die. Your body needs food to walk. Jesus says, man, he goes, we need more than food, though. Our life is not just physical. People shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Just like my body needs food, my soul needs the words of God. I need to hear what God says is true because I live in a world of lies. Now more than ever, surrounded by misinformation, false information, alternative worldviews. We're surrounded by this stuff. I need, I need, his, his word is food. It nourishes my soul. It gives my soul strength to walk. I need his word in like daily doses, just continually coming into the body, into. I need his word in a daily, consistent way, nourishing my soul life. His word is food for the soul. And lastly, the Bible's powerful. I go to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. James Hebrews. No, Hebrews James. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God 
is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word can tear you up. Years ago, I was in a mood, and um, someone had hurt me, and so I didn't like them anymore. I, uh, I, had, I had ought against them. I, I had a grudge and all. That grudge, was, it, was a, it was a good grudge. It was um, justifiable. If I told you my grudge, you'd go, oh, man, he did you wrong. You, you grudge him. I'm like, yeah, I grudge him. Like it, I was the victim, and they were the villain. I had every right to grudge them. That's not a verb, I don't think. But we'll use it as a verb today. I go to church. Me and my wife visit this church. We don't go there. We visit a church on a Sunday. And it's me, it's Ange, and it's my brother Tony. We're all there together. And the preacher gets up to preach. And I'm like, come on, preacher man, tell me something good. He preaches on one verse. He's up there and he says, love keeps no record of wrong. And I'm just like, man, God, I, I ain't hearing this. Like, I'm like, like, God, I don't know how you know you're here today. He followed me to that town and followed me to that preacher and blew my head off. And thing is, I walked in there, stone-hearted man. I was like, I ain't forgiving nobody for nothing. Maybe in two to five years I'll forgive this guy, you know? Give it a good cycle of life. Get my miles out of that, you know? I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting with my arms crossed, and I am furious at God for coming at me. He's coming at me the whole sermon. Like, there's no one else in the room. It's me and the Lord fighting Get up to, after service, we leave, we're walking out. My brother Tony's laughing. He's just laughing. I'm like, what's so funny? And my brother Tony, he's away with words. He goes, dude, I felt the heat coming off you the whole sermon, dude. He knew I was bad in the Lord. I was there just fighting God the whole sermon. And you know, I didn't want to forgive this guy. No one on earth could have made me do it. I walked into the Lord's house. He kicked down the door to my hard heart and was like, you're forgiving this guy. And I was like, man! And I forgave him. Because the Word of God can do stuff like that. The Word of God can bust through the defenses. I don't care how strong, how proud or bad you are. The Lord, His Word can break into your heart. He can cut you up, man. He can take away the stuff He thought no one could take away from you. I, I've had, I, I can't tell how many times I've gotten a fight with me and Angie. I've had a, not a fight. Um, how would you describe it? It's not even that. It's more of a, I'm an infant pouting and I leave the house. So I don't you call that. Temper tantrum. So I'm having a temper, temper tantrum. I go leave the house to go do my things in life. I'll go open the Bible just for a personal devotion. And the text is like, let the sun not go down in your anger. I was like, oh, man. Like I'm like, Lord, anything else? Anything. I'll pray. I'll pray for the nation. I'll pray for the president. Like, I, I will pray. I will pray for Bin Laden today if you want me to. I'll do anything you want. Just don't make me say sorry to my wife. But the thing is, that's what, that's what 
That's how powerful the Bible is. It can, it can bust through. The Bible can break through. You think I ain't, like, as stubborn as you may be, the Lord can twist your arm. He can mess with your business. And I love that about the Word of God. It can do what nothing else can do. I will be, I mean, we will be as people where we're stubborn, stone-faced, obstinate. And the Lord, His Word is like, and you're like, I guess i got to change. I guess I'm wrong. Which is why we look to the Word so much, because the Word, I can't convict you of sin. I can't do it. I can put you to His Word, though, and His Word can beat your face in. And that's a good thing. We need the Word to cut us up. The Word of God is inspired. Unlike any other book written in humanity, God himself writes the story. The Bible's food for the soul. I need it to nourish the inner man, the inner woman. And it's powerful. It can change your life. It can change your life. Because all this is true, we need his word in our life in some way. So we're doing as a church very simply. We're going to spend the next year together as a church. We're going to read the whole Testament. Genesis all the way to Malachi. We're going to read the whole thing. You're like, Pastor, I can't read. Okay, listen, listen. We're going to hook you up. First, we have, and as you walk outside, there's a guest services table. There is the, the reading plan for February is right there, starting tomorrow. Grab one, bring it home. If you want to read your Bible, you can go ahead and check the box every day. You can read with us as we read together. Every single week, our church will post a video about the week's reading to encourage you as we read together, to cheer you on, to walk through some of the text. Every Sunday, that reading will be the sermon for Sunday. Not only that, some of you are like, man, it sounds hard. Listen, we love you guys so much. We have just subscribed to the Dwell app. If you go to flintcitychurch.com right when you leave here, on the front page, there's a button that says Dwell Bible app. Subscribe for free. We paid for it. Free for you. And on this app, on your, when, you, when you subscribe, there'll be a Flint City Church group you're part of. It's underneath our umbrella. And in that Flintstone Church group, it has the daily readings audio for you right there. Go to Monday, push play, listen to your headphones in your car. It's all laid out for you. We made it as easy as possible. There's a reading plan if you want to read physically. If you want to read in your hand, with the Bible in your hand, read with it in your hand. You want audio? We're giving you a free audio Bible, and it's already broken up by days for you. We're making this as easy as possible. We have a video every single Wednesday. For you to kind of just encourage you to walk through some of the text, we as a people want to get God's Word in your everyday life. The readings are Monday through Friday because Saturday and Sunday is the weekend. we got to rest, you know what I'm saying? And if you, if you miss a day, you can catch up on Saturday, you know what I'm saying? It's time to catch back up. At first, only like two or three chapters a day. That's like 11 minutes of audio. You can do it. 
drive McDonald's other minutes. You read the Bible. Put, play on the, the phone thing and listen to it. Later on, there'll be bigger, bigger chunks. We'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> and there's hard chunks. There are hard chunks. But we're, we're to walk through it together. It is our hope and our prayer. We want to get God's word into your life. We want you to have built into your life a, a routine of seeing God through his word. And this is for us, this audio Bible app, our reading plan, these weekly videos, our weekly Sunday sermons, they're all designed there to help get his word into your, into your life. Not just into your mind, but into your heart. I would encourage you to join us on this journey as we read his word together. Again, physical, physical copies at the guest services. Here's what we do. If you're online, we'll send the weekly out tonight. Oh, okay. So our weekly email will go out tonight with the link to the Bible app. We'll put a PDF of the reading for February. We'll put it all, it'll all be there for you to click on and easily use. We want to make this as user-friendly as possible. Now, we're starting Old Testament for a reason. This is the Bible Jesus read. And to understand Christ, you've got to know how it all started. We start Genesis, and we're going all the way through to Malachi. Some of you guys have probably never read half these books. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be great. So we together as a people are going to read the Bible. I encourage you, join us. Even if you're little, you can read the Bible, join us. So with that said, let's go ahead and pray together and call it a day. Father in heaven, thy word is truth. It truly is a, a light unto our our feet and a lamp unto our path. Your word is food. Your word is inspired. Your word is powerful. And we want more of it. We want it in our lives. As we look to you, Lord, let us meet you. As we take time in our lives to stop and listen to you or stop and read your word, let this next season of life be a season we never forget, a season we can remember. May I remember, Lord, when you were so near, just moving in my family, moving in me, moving in my heart. Let us find you in this next season as we seek to read your word. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen.